This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. We are celebrating the International Day of Girls and Women in Science today here on Voice of Change with myself, Lauren Jacobs. Welcome to the show. You know, internationally, we are celebrating this day and we are thinking about what women have faced historically when it comes to being represented and getting involved with STEM industries. Now, STEM being science, tech, engineering, mechanics, these different industries that have historically been very male dominated and have not fully represented women. Yes, in the last five, eight, ten years, we are seeing these things change. When you speak to young women, young engineers are coming up, young mechanics, female mechanics are coming up, and we see this beginning to change, but still we are celebrating this day year after year after year because historically we know that this has been a problem and we have these days that we honor certain things because these are important topics of conversation and today here on voice of change i want us to go into science in a bit of a different way you know we're going to be talking and touching on women and girls in science you know we're going to be touching on what has happened why haven't girls got involved in that industry but then we're also going to be talking about the day-to-day science science underpinning everything that we do in our lives science is not just that thought that i have in my mind of you know studying in a science lab and having to cut things open which I totally disliked or seeing a teacher up there with all those different vials you know those blue things and this thing and smoking things that was kind of exciting but that was the only exciting thing I remember besides that periodic table which I thought when am I going to ever use this in my life and you know science though is very very interesting and it's something that is part of our daily lives it's something that we actually see in everything that we do in how we take care of ourselves in the world around us and so i'm going to be joined by engela duvenaga who is a freelance science writer and holds an m full degree in journalism she specializes in science reporting and she specializes in translating research findings into popular articles she's worked across different different institutional publications and worked for Landbo Vierkblatt magazine. She's written an incredible children's book that features more than a hundred scientists, engineers and inventors within South Africa that has South African links. And also she's going to be touching on some of these people that she wrote about. I'm also joined by Teresa Fellino, who is part of the Cape Town Science Center. If you have not ever been to the Cape Town Science Center, it's a great place to take your children. And she's going to be joining me to talk about the e-skills for girls project that they have going on at the Cape Town Science Center to help girls get involved in the sciences and to really empower them with tech. And it's such an incredible project. We're going to be getting into that. Teresa is going to take us through what girls have faced, what they are facing and how we can do better, even as schools, as you know, individuals, as parents, how we can do better for girls and ultimately for women in science. This is going to be a great show today. Stay tuned. Engler's with me after this. Engler, it's so good to have you with me today as we really honor and celebrate this International Day of Girls and Women in Science. Before we get into, you know, chatting about science and what you've been up to, welcome to the show today. It's really good to have you with me. Thank you very much. Um, I'm in Wellington today, quite a hot day. Um, but it's lovely to chat to you. 
Mm. I woke up this morning and thought, oh my goodness, do you just know it's going to be warm today? You just know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cape Town is not giving us any sort of respite at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Wellington's nickname is Hellington at the best of times. Oh my goodness. I oh, know it gets even, even hotter out there. So my thoughts are with you. Uh, I'm <laughs> sitting close to the beach today, so at least we have a tiny lucky. little bit of a cool breeze. <laughs> oh, lucky. Yeah. So, you know, science, you know, when we talk about a lot of people probably think, oh, women and girls in science, you know, why is that so important? Why just highlight one gender when it comes to science fields or even, you know, STEM industry. But from your perspective as a woman who is a science writer, firstly, I'd love to know what exactly does a science writer do? Because it's super, super interesting, sounds super interesting. And also, how did you get into writing, you know, around science? So, so in journalism, you get different types of journalists. So some people prefer writing about politics, so they will be political writers. Mm-hmm. And other ones are financial journalists and sports journalists. Now, science writers tend to write a lot about medical matters, about scientific discoveries. Um, and interestingly enough, many people have, over the past two years, developed into science writers without them realizing journalists in a general beat um, because everyone started writing about COVID. Um, So science writers is probably just a nice way of saying I'm writing about other people's research, researchers and what they find and trying to take those long papers that they write and the long intricate um, sums and findings that they have and putting it into layman's terms, writing it for the public, writing a story that's in a magazine about someone's discovery in such a way that their mothers understand it, for one, mm. and also their peers understand it, and also people in general. People are always inquisitive. Um, I find that people are more inquisitive than you think, mm. and they are um, therefore interested in what's happening around the world, and that's what I do. I take someone's writing and, and their research and make some interesting story about it that's Mm. what i do Mm. i love that because again sometimes we can find that with certain kind of industries specifically science industries as well Mm. you know the general public and that's not to say anything bad but sometimes there's just a lot of terminology and it's written you know a lot of research is Mm. written by scholars for scholars so as a general public, you approach an article research and you really want to understand, but sometimes it's difficult. And I think that that is exactly where you come in and making it accessible to the general public that we can really understand what's happening instead of kind of getting confused even between wording and lines. And Absolutely. But, but did you always I, have I that think, interest? Um, yes. What's an interesting fact is that I like facts. Um, and science, people often think that science is lots of maths and calculations and stuff, but science is a lot of facts, and that's the part that I really like. I, I've always loved history, for instance. Mm. So I like the sci- the factual part about science, what people discovered. I don't necessarily want to know how they, they did it or how, how long they, what type of microscope they used and such I like what they found, the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the part that I like. What I also like is I come from a long line of teachers. And 
science writing in a big way is explaining, teaching to people. Um, I'll take someone's research paper and explain it to someone else. So that's my way of teaching. So I'm just going forth with my genetics mm. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I come from a long line of teachers. Mm. And that's so, so cool, actually, you know, when you think about it like that, actually writing is definitely a form of teaching and definitely a form of learning. They always say you get two types of readers in the world. One reads for escapism, you know, reads those those fanciful novels so that you can escape into a story, which is something I think a lot of people do and all of us do at some point. And then you get readers who read to learn, you know, and they want to read all of the facts and they want to be taught. So they need people yeah. like you to teach, you know, to yeah. teach through the writing. And when we talk about, like I said earlier on, girls and women when it comes to science, we see a huge almost divide between how many women are and girls, of course, in school, you know, coming through into science. We know things are changing a little bit, but this has always yeah. been a topic that is being discussed, isn't it? You know, this fact that women and girls in science are still very, very underrepresented. They are in certain fields, definitely. Um but in other fields, like engineering, for instance, I recently heard that, um, I think it was in engineering, that one of the universities actually had to put a cap on the amount, the amount of um, girls that they accepted. So they mm. accepted the top, say, 30% um, of, of students. And then they realized that 25%, well, I'm thumb-sucking these now, mm -hmm. but then they realized actually that most of the applica applicants were women, and they, they actually had to put a cap on that also. So it depends on the fields, mm -hmm. I think, and I think in a big way that is changing. There's yeah. always fields that you will be under underrepresented in, mm. and that's possibly more, more yeah, I, I'm not sure why, but... Um, if you also go and look at the, the volume of master's students that are now in universities, I think um, there's lots of women now mm. um, going into postgraduate studies. Mm. So things are changing, definitely. Mm, I love that you brought that up. I met a young woman that's studying engineering as well in her honors program. And mm. I asked her the same question, you know, what is, what is your honors class look like? You know, cause mm. I just find it quite mm. interesting. She said, we have more girls in the honors class than we do have boys and, and we, you know, for engineering and, you mm. know, more of us are going towards our masters as well. So mm. that is so true. What you're saying, things are definitely changing. We know that, it, you know, it has taken a while. But women are very, very involved in engineering now. We see, you know, those skills being given as well throughout school. And I love all the, and this is going to touch on your incredible book that we're going to touch on as well. I love all these activities you start to see when you go into the, the bookshops and when you go into normal stores. There's lots of different science activities like chemistry labs and things that you can do at home for young children from a very young age that are for girls and for boys. And I think this is important you know and also to be exposed you said you love history so I think that's probably also where you know your sort of love came in and why you wrote this book now tell us a bit about your book because I've been reading a little bit through it and it's incredibly fascinating I love history myself so tell us a bit about it hmm. so um, I originally wrote Eitfinders Planmakers and Anders Schlimkoppe van Zuid-Afrika um, two years ago it was published by Laupa 
And last year, the English version came out, the translation. Um, Inventors, Bright Minds and Other Science Heroes of South Africa. So it was um, published by Penguin. Mm. Um, And it has 102 stories about people who are either born in South Africa, was raised in South Africa, or has worked the bulk of their lives in South Africa. So they all have some link, and they all have some kind of first. So they either have a new type of transplant, they're the first to do a certain type of transplant, like Chris Wagner, for instance, Mm. or they have a new type of invention. For instance, um, you know, your, your... um, banking app, for instance, was developed in one of the ones that I use in my for my bank, for instance. I know it was developed at Techno Park in, in Stellenbosch, for instance. Mm. Um, or I've the creepy crawly, which is a South African invention, and the Dolosa, and more, a few other uh, more uh, recent um, developments. And then there's also people who are, have discovered new species, new species of earthworm, new species of um, insect, mosquito, or um, birds, or such. So mm-hmm. it's a, this specific book, or they started something new. For instance, one of the women that I featured was Pippa Harov. She's mm-hmm. she's the driving force behind um, the West Coast Fossil Park in Langebaan. Wow. Um, and she about twenty years ago when it started, she was the driving force behind that. Um, so it's people who, in some way, are the firsts, and they all have a South African link. So, Engla, I'd love to also know if you could highlight for us maybe two or three women that you feature in your book. You mentioned one already to us, which is quite exciting about the West Coast Fossil Park because I spent large parts of my childhood holidaying up on the West Coast and always seen the Fossil Park. So that's quite exciting. But also just to hear maybe two or three other women that you feature that did incredible things, you know, when it comes to to just whatever, discovery or inventions or science. Tell us a bit about them because it's always exciting to hear about women's stories. We don't hear enough women's histories sometimes. Absolutely. Um, the Fossil Park, by the way, is absolutely worth a visit next mm. time you're in the West Coast. Um, you can go and stand there in the midst of a, of a fossil dig and mm. see the bones lying there. Um, of a, mm. I think it's saber-toothed um, tiger. And, and long-necked, um, um, short-necked giraffe. Anyway, uh, one of my favorite stories is the one about um, Colleen Down. She's a professor at um, KwaZulu-Natal University. And she, for instance, started the first Cape Parrot survey in 1998 already, and it's been ongoing since then. The Cape Parrot is a, um endemic species, so it's only found in the forests of South Africa, and it's an endangered species. And every year she gets a host of volunteers together and they go out on a specific weekend year in early autumn and they go and count how many parrots they see so that one can know if your conservation efforts are paying off and Mm. things like that. And then one of my absolute favorites is uh, Glenda Gray, who is at the moment for the past almost a decade now and has been the head of the, the president of the Medical Research Council of South Africa. Mm-hmm. And she's been one of the driving forces um, in, at, um, in the whole COVID pandemic, making decisions about how we tackle it from a sound medical perspective. Mm-hmm. And she, her background has been um, HIV re- 
HIV research and specifically HIV research and mothers and children and transmission of, of HIV to, to babies. She, for instance, she and her one colleague worked out that if, if women who are HIV positive get cesarean sections, the chances of them um, giving the virus, transmitting the virus to their babies of a much lower risk. Hmm. Um, so it's that type of research, practical research that people do that inspire others and help other people. That's the wonderful part of working in the field of science for me, hmm. is that even if you are working in a field as with negative connotations such as HIV or water pollution, there's always people trying to find the solutions. Mm, so yeah. you have a negative, you have COVID, but there's people trying to find the solutions. And that I really like. They're not breaking down the system. They're yeah. building up the system and trying to play their part in making our country better, making people's lives better and more easier. Um, and that's absolutely the thing that I love about science. And I think we don't celebrate not only the women in science, but the scientists and the researchers mm. and the inventors in general. We don't necessarily um, but that's a, that's an aside. Um, mm. You were asking about the other woman. One of my other favorites are Anna Custodis. Um, she is a uh, she's the woman. Part of her research, she also did research on HIV and HIV. In but initially, she did research on measles, and she found that if you give children extra vitamin A who has measles, mm -hmm. and you give them extra vitamin A, that they um, become um, they feel better much sooner um, mm -hmm. um, and then she went on after that to also do research on breast milk and HIV um, transmission through breast milk and she worked out that if you heat up breast milk to a certain degree and they worked out precisely what that is um, then that the virus um, is not in the breast milk anymore and then you're able to give your own milk again to your child which is something that many people want to do yeah practical stuff that people um, are busy with and then one of my other favorites are rose kranzdorf she and her husband basil they are the driving forces behind the eat pup um porridge it's a very mm -hmm. highly nutritious porridge and they've been um i think they started in around 2000 and they are distributing their EPUP to many, many feeding schemes and community projects. And they've also recently, through their EPUP Foundation, started a um, reading program with a, a, a book that was written about nutrition and for children specifically. And then they also now have a program um, focused on children's eyes and, and sight and such. Hmm. Um, so they're all people trying their, 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 hmm. their thing. And then other, maybe the listeners won't um, really appreciate this topic, but it's um, about Ansi Dippenau-Schumann. She's a spider researcher. Hmm. Um, wow. And I think she um, people call her the spider research, spider woman of South Africa. Mm -hmm. So she has discovered about 70 new species of spiders right. just in southern Africa. So 70, not seven, 70. So I yeah. think that's a lot. Yeah. And 28 species have been named after her. 
Um, wow. And I think that's one of the higher honors that um, one can get is to be named after a species because that yeah. recognizes you as a pretty special person. Hmm. Well, definitely. And it's it's so exciting because, again, we've seen, like you're actually saying to us as well, that, you know, science isn't just what we think it is in our mind. It's something that actually impacts our daily lives. The science yeah. behind taking vitamins, you know, the science behind yeah. taking care of ourselves or the medical reality that's facing us, you know, throughout COVID. It, it's all yeah. science-based, you know, yeah. and when yeah. we look at that, it's it's impacting our daily lives. And I think that that's very important for us to know. And then it, it gets us excited about science as well, because in school, to be honest, yeah. when you're in school, science is taught in a lab. You know, you sit in the science yeah. lab and that is science. If you're lucky. If, if you're lucky. Like, exactly. If you're lucky, that's where you are. And that's yeah. science, and it kind of feels very boring, you know, if you don't yeah. gravitate towards, you know, cutting things open or mixing things yeah. into a vial. <laughs> that's all I remember yeah. about science when I was in school. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if if we see that science is impacting our daily lives as well, uh, I think it was about two, three weeks ago, I had someone on the show, a, a really incredible scientist, you know, breaking down what is seismic blasting what is seismic mm. surveys you mm. know that's affecting our country right now and so mm. many people are upset about it and then when we hear the science behind it we begin to understand it more and it begins that's to me. take a shape for us that we're not just you know kind of protesting against this without understanding it but we're saying this is what science tells us is harmful mm. to the environment and we begin mm. to understand and i think it's so important and i think that what incredible human beings that you've been highlighting to us and even more are doing is just so impactful for our society and mm -hmm. Engla, i want to say thank you to you for being with me today i think there's so much more that we could probably talk about on this subject but i'm, I'm so grateful to have you here it's been so good and I, I feel slightly a little bit more excited about science now after speaking to you Aww. so thank you for that <laughs> I'm so glad. What can I highlight? My one of the other women also. So, Butterbeelin Poff, who is another amazing woman, she's doing her part in getting more science into schools that are under resourced. So, she, her company is Nkazimulu Applied Sciences, and they provide ChemStart kits, mm -hmm. and that provides all the basics that you need for about I think 52. Um, science experiments that you do as part of your science curriculum at school. So if you don't have a lab at school, you can buy one of these kits mm -hmm. or you can fund one of these kits and send it to a school that are under that's under-resourced mm -hmm. so that that school can also actually do the experiments that are in a um, handbook. Wow, that's incredible. And I think something I definitely want to want to look at as well, check out, because that's incredible. Like you said, some people in many schools don't have access to labs and mm. don't get that, that science that I remember, you know, in the lab mm. with all of those bottles and the liquids. And that kind of was quite fun. And so I think that sticks mm. in my mind. But a lot of children don't have that. And so, mm. Engela, I want to say thank you for being with me today. It's been really a joy to have you on the show. Thank you for your passion for science and passion not only for science, but for the people behind the science, as we would say. Thank you for yeah. highlighting them. And thank you for, you know, bringing them to our attention, making this fun, not only for children, but also for us today. So thank you so mm. much for being here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Teresa, thank you so much for being with me today. It's going to be so great to be talking about the e-skills for girls projects that that is happening at the Cape Town Science Center, which is really, really exciting. Thank you for your time today and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lauren. 
Now, you are actively involved in this project. Tell us a bit about this project. You know, unpack it for us. What is it about? What is it aimed to do? How does it help girls? Okay, so the eSkills for Girls Fund, firstly, it's established um, to provide digital skills training for women and girls, and that is across the globe. Um, it's a it's a project that's funded by um, BMZ, which is the Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development in Germany. So they provide um, financial resources to local initiatives in Africa, um, just the country we're working in the moment, Southeast Asia and the Latin American region. And it's really about um, providing gender-sensitive gender skills training, and this in a digital um, era or digital environment. So we as the Cape Town Science Centre, we serve basically as the fund coordinator. So we are um, responsible for the overall management of the fund, which means we um, set up the criteria for organisations to apply for funding. We also evaluate all the proposals. We select the partners that comes on board, and then we provide them with the subgranting in terms of for them to implement these projects in their specific countries. And um, we have six partners that we're currently working with um, in Africa, Southeast Asia, and also in Latin America. And all these organizations focus on digital skills training for young women and young girls, which is really, really fascinating. And the stories that um, and the implementation of training that they do is amazing within these um, various countries. So eSkills for Girls, that's what it's about. It's about empowering young girls as well as closing the digital gap between males and females across um, within our countries. Mm. That is incredibly fascinating and I'm sure incredible stories that come out of that as well. And, you know, when we talk about this gap that still exists between boys and girls, particularly, you know, digital as well as when we talk about the STEM fields, why does this gender gap, this divide still really exist when it comes to the STEM fields? We know that this is changing. We are seeing it at university level. You know, we are seeing this across the board when we see young women getting involved in these different kinds of fields and going to study but generally speaking that's why we have this international day where we think about girls and women in science fields why does this gender divide and this gap still happen is it something that we've inherited historically or is it something that's you know kind of compounded by other factors yeah that's a very good question and you know i often ask the same question you know in in the 21st century which we are in at the moment why do we still you know have this division you know gender division between girls and boys and i think because you know there's a common belief um, that still remains that boys are mathematically superior and better suited for stem fields than girls um also you know it could be that maybe there's this understanding that girls just simply lack interest in STEM. You know, it's like mm -hmm. a, a common belief that we're just not interested in those type of things. And also, you know, when we, as 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 we are raised um, with within our communities, I think there's this expectation from an early age that girls and boys are um, exposed to, where girls are more likely to be, you know, socially skilled. So we're always helpful. Um, we focus on family, taking care of the family in those mm -hmm. sort of mannerism. 
where boys are being taught to be more, you know, muscular. Um, they need to have skills. They need to provide, you know, for their family. So they would explore more the physical world, you know, trying to figure out how things work. And that most likely makes them to be more involved in activities that emphasizes in solving problem, so sorry, problem solving as well as like status and financial gain. So there's this there's this upbringing that 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 you know allows boys and girls to think in a certain way that I'm only supposed to really focus in this type of way of my career, etc. Um, also, you know, the sociocultural beliefs and practices um, that we still encounter, you know, with regards to feminine identities, you know, mm. that um, girls are likely just to be taking care of the household, um, they're only going to be teachers. Um, so, so there's all that sort of stere gender stereotypes that may exclude girls from really pursuing, you know, um, science subjects or even in the STEM field. So unfortunately, that still exists. And I think it also boils down to we have a lot of, because when I think of this division, I always think of, and I know we'll get to maybe later on to that, is that when it comes to how you're being taught from a young age, we also have our, our parents that maybe lacks, um, you know, the information Mm. that there is and there's actually more opportunities available um, for, for young girls than just what they were, um, you know, being taught when they were younger. Mm. I love that and I love that you're highlighting these points to us and, and we are going to touch on that a little bit deeper. I wanted to ask you though, you know, what have you seen positivity, positive results and good stories coming out of this project, you know, the e-skills for girls? Have you seen, you know, girls suddenly being interested but also then realizing actually I am really capable of doing this it's not like I've maybe been taught that I can only do this or I have to be this actually I'm super excited about tech or I'm super excited about science I'm, I'm really excited about this and I want to be more involved and have you seen that happening with girls getting involved in projects like this e-skills for girls and saying wow this is amazing I'm so excited about this most definitely. There's so many, many examples, but it's 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 really heartwarming when you hear girls this, you know, we never had the opportunity or we never exposed to um, you know, um, this opportunity to learn something new. So an example, for instance, um in, in one of our countries that we work in, in this specific area, um the the dominant belief and this comes to social cultural beliefs is that women are not allowed to have mobile phones. Mm. So the mobile phones only belong to their husbands or to boys within that country, which means that women don't have access to to anything online remotely or anything. And um, this funding has assisted these women um, to give them mobile phones, you know, to help them to navigate around, you know, they may be working on the farms and they maybe want to um, sell products and stuff and they've been taught how to do this. And um, women that also learns how to, um, or girls using technology as a career opportunity. We had girls that, you know, from school and they really gained a lot of interest in what they're being taught, like coding, for instance. And the girls may have a, a what's the word, a, an activity or a, trying to get you the right word now, 
um, to, that has a hobby that may mm. produce an income for them at the end of the day. And they are taught how to use what they love doing in their skills to actually use technology and to, to reach out to potential um, investors or potential buyers. So girls in school as well, um, just for them to, to grasp of the opportunities that they are available by actively being involved, by having hands-on experience with um, technology, you know, um, mm. science, it's really opened up their eyes to see what opportunities there are for them to learn and for them to actually progress and actually find a career in these fields that are mostly dominated by men or by their friends, you know, their mm. brothers, their uncles. And, and it's really been amazing to see how um, it has grown and how many young girls and young women has been um, influenced by this opportunity. Mm, wow, thank you so much for sharing that. I was thinking as well while you were talking, we saw the media highlighting, I remember, uh, well, it was maybe about eight months ago or so when this turmoil was happening in Afghanistan. And I remember the media highlighting how the Afghanistan all girls robotics team actually got out of the country and someone had sent an, an airplane to actually go and get them. They are actually an all-female-led robotics team of young women who are yes. in, so involved in robotics and, or, and developing things and actually their impact that they've made in the world globally has been huge, but they had to get out of the country because once, you know, if they stay there, just that the whole shift that we see in Afghanistan happening with the male dominance and the patriarchy that's happened and that women can't be involved in these areas you know they would have been forced into that and they actually got them out of the country and I was thinking of that because it was so powerful to see these young women and to also see the huge role that they've played internationally so much so that another country would send a plane to go and get them out it was actually quite phenomenal to see that and to see that represented and the media highlighting that for us and I think it's important that we see those images and we see and we hear those stories as well and like you're sharing with us there are these stories taking place around the world in different ways. And, and which brings me to, you know, wanting to break this up a bit. Uh, you know, firstly, school education does, and this is a, a, it's probably a big question, and it's, you know, probably doesn't apply across every school, but does our school mm -hmm. education and our systems today encourage girls to get involved in the STEM fields? You know, when we do, we know in schools we do those tests that show us, oh, you need to be a lawyer when you leave school, or you need to be a doctor, <laughs> you know. It's kind of like this very specific kind of test. I never remember any girls, you know, being encouraged to go into the STEM fields. You know, are yeah. our school education systems encouraging this or do we need to change a few things lauren that's that question is is very important so i i'm not actively involved within the schools at the moment but um i mean when it comes to um, other schools you know during a school um day but i do understand at the moment i have to really thank our 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 teachers at school because i know they have a lot to deal with there's a lot. There's this education curriculum that they have to implement in the schools. And I looked at different factors of how this could influence, you know, um, and I'll, I'll come back to the question, but just a surrounding um, factors. We have a lot of um, schools that have students that comes from different areas. So they travel in. So you don't see a lot of extramural activities basically happening, especially in our marginalized schools. 
Um, and if there is where they are in the community, it's 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 sad because there's not always a safety for them to stay behind school and participate in many of these activities. So when you bring in your technology and all of these things, you have to also think about safety, you know, security, et cetera, et cetera. And um, we have an influx, like I, I know of a school that we're going to be working with um, in the Eden district. And this school had a average of 75 learners in a class. There's been such an influx of, of children into the community and then the only um, high school in that small community, which means their computer lab is now being used as a staff room. So that means there's no access for the kids now to actually use com or to, to learn computer skills. So for, for teachers to simply just focus on one gender in, in the school, I, I can imagine how difficult that may be, you know, or might be. When I was at school, um, I was encouraged before, um, you know, in, in grade 11 or so to pursue a career in, um, in electrical engineering, etc. And, and, and it worked out for me. But I hope, I would hope that there is this focus in the schools where they are really encouraging our girls to be more involved in the STEM fields. And I think what, what we could maybe do if they are not already doing it within the school is just to start from a young age, you know, cultivating an interest in STEM fields. We have to start at the primary level school mm -hmm. and both high school as well. And we need to encourage these girls, you know, um, to and, and give them or make them excited about STEM. For example, if you look at the primary school, a lot of the teachers, they are female teachers, right? Hmm. Um, and if you go to high school, predominantly those who teach maths and science are male educators. Hmm. And so you, you, you have to start focusing on the young girls to get that perception away that, you know, teaching those two subjects are not just a male dominant subject to teach, you know, and it's not just means that the boys will be the ones who goes into that sort of field. And so also for teachers to, to become more, we need to change our way of teaching. We need to be able to be more hands-on with hands-on activities. Um, remember, kids used to ask, like, why am I learning this? Why am I learning mm. about, and I'm sorry for the history teachers, why am I learning about Jan van Riebeek? How is that going to help me in my career, you know, mm. one day when, when I go? Yes, history is very important. But we also need to teach kids how to solve real-world problems, how to bring the real-world examples into the classroom so mm. that it could become real for them when they are being taught, you know, science, technology, engineering, or mathematics into those type of fields. Um, so that they learn problem solving skills from an earlier age um, and also teachers can really play a significant role um, when they start um, putting up pictures. I know it sounds very cheesy or whatever, but putting pictures up in their classroom about um, female, you know, hmm mathematicians or scientists and talk about them as often as they can um, so that the learners understand that that when they're exposed to the, the STEM fields that it's not just really a male dominant that there's someone they can look up to and aspire to um, and then also um, also for teachers to to really interpret to the learners that it's really not just meant for men mm. you know that it's actually encouraging for young girls um, to be involved. I read an article just to close this part off because I know I can speak a lot, is that um, they said um, that they did a research where 
you know, when you go into, like you were talking about finding out what is your career field. Yeah. And some of those questions are a lot about multiple questions to determine mm. exactly, you know, um, what your fields. And you find, sometimes find that the girls often score a bit lower for those specific fields. But to say that, you know, not, not we all don't learn the same way. We mm. all don't express ourselves in the same way. And they found in this research that a lot of girls, when the questions were open-ended questions, a lot of them actually learn more about them being able to go into different fields. Then, wow. you know, that yeah. one option question, you only have two options to answer. And um, mm. so um, I think just to... Um, what can we change? I really think it's it's the mindset of us as teachers or the teachers in the school to really make things practical for learners, to encourage them, to, to, to encourage role models that they can look up to, look at the real issues that are happening currently, mm. you know, in our, in our own environment, that learners can be able to understand how they can actually be encouraged to go into these fields, especially our young girls. Hmm. I love that you mentioned as well, you know, putting pictures up. I don't think it's cheesy. I think it's really cool, you know, putting pictures up. I always think of, you know, the world's first computer programmer that was female, you know, Ada Lovelace. Yes. And if you, you know, history shows us this amazing, amazing gauntlet of women who even, you know, many of them were astronomers, you know, hundreds of years ago, whose calculations, mathematical calculations, as well as astronomy, we still use today, you know, determine. Germany, sun positions and it actually was a woman that you know came along hundreds of years ago it, it's incredible when we begin to look at history and I think that that's the part of history that we need to make fun as well people that we can relate to you, uh, the guest that yes. I had on before you we were chatting Engler wrote an incredible book about a hundred inventors and scientists uh, with a South African link and she was highlighting some of these people obviously I've not heard of any of them and she was highlighting how a woman just you know set up the west coast fossil park where we go to and oh. we see these incredible fossils and you know you can actually touch them and i remember as a young girl uh, telling my parents i wanted to be an archaeologist you know and <laughs> being very dissuaded from doing that for some reason and it's you know no it's not really a field for girls you, you'll get dirty you know you'll get your hands yeah. dirty and stuff I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, you're not really digging in, in the ground as an archaeologist today. You have a team, you know, you just anyway, it's so incredible how we have these mindsets. And when, when I consider that a woman set up this West Coast Fossil Park, I get really excited because I'm thinking there are so many real life examples. And when we make it real for children and even real for us as adults, we still get yes. excited and feel that passion. And so, you know, Teresa, I can't believe our time has gone so quickly, you know, but <laughs> I also wanted to close off our conversation today with saying maybe there's someone listening and saying, well, I'm at a school or, or I even, you know, at an organization. How do we get in touch with the eSkills for Girls project? You know, is there a way for them to connect or, you know, to know more about it? Or maybe they want to, you know, get involved somehow. Um, yes. So I know our time is up. I'm going to sneak this one put, um, line in. <laughs> what you were talking earlier about. Also, when we celebrate these women, it shouldn't just happen on Women's Day or Women's Month. Yes. You know, it should be a continuous thing that happens daily so that that gets cultivated within our young women. Okay, that's all I wanted to sneak in there. <laughs> um, with regards to um, individuals or schools who wants to get in touch and learn more about the eSkills for Girls project or the fun, they're more than ha welcome to go on to our um our website page they can contact me my details are there as well and um 
if they have questions, if they want to have ideas or examples of how other, you know, organizations are doing it, they're more than welcome to contact us. I know there's a lot of organizations within our country that really focus on girls um, and, and, and young women. And I think we also just have to do that research to, to, to learn more about how we can engage our young women, you know, to learn to love STEM. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Teresa, thank you for sneaking that last bit in there because it's so important and I completely agree with you as well. You know, we need to be celebrating these women, even as we do things. You know, we know that women invented the fire extinguisher, the elevator, the safety vest that, you know, the police wear so that, you know, you don't get shot. We can go into this the whole day. There's so many beautiful things we can highlight and just say, hey, look, you know, you can go up on this elevator because, you know, some woman somewhere developed this technology. And Teresa, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. It's been such a joy. And just I feel excited throughout this whole show today about STEM and about girls getting involved in this. And it's really become so alive, I think, on the show today. So I want to say thank you so much and all the best for this incredible project that you guys are doing and everything that's happening at the Cape Town Science Center. Thank you for this beautiful place that people can actually bring their children to and other people's children as well. You know, take them for birthday parties <laughs> to the Science Center. Why not? <laughs> Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. And take care. Bye-bye. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. It's been such a great show today. I hope that you are feeling as excited as I have been. Thank you so much to my amazing guest today for being with me and for us to just celebrate this day of girls and women in science. And I think it's a little bit of a challenge, isn't it, to really bring into our everyday lives just real examples of people who are doing incredible things. I reflect on this this week just as my goddaughter is doing a social history project on maybe someone fascinating, you know, that has been an inspiration and although her classmates didn't really know who Desmond Tutu is or was she decided to highlight him and yes we might be surprised to find that you know young children in, in school don't know who Desmond Tutu is although we know who he is but it's so impactful and powerful to see when our children do realize that there are such important figures throughout history even in our present world in our present day-to-day lives who are doing incredible things on the earth for the earth for people for society for communities for the better of life here on our planet that we love so much that we steward and need to steward so well and so i'm so excited to see that we can really make this different i'm excited when we have books like engler's book that we can look at and say wow these are incredible human beings that are living on the planet right now that are doing things every single day that are making life better for us when we also think about a project like the e-skills for girls project who is looking at you know let's break down this divide and let's look at the practical you know sometimes things happen that we don't think about women do not have access to cell phones in certain countries I never think about that do you think about that you know sometimes when we realize that we realize there is more to just you know getting involved with tech it starts by having access to a cell phone for some of us many of us we have access to technology all the time around us everywhere so we don't really think about it but there are so many differences and divides that still stop women from getting involved and we need to be champions for our girls you know i also want to say there are beautiful beautiful activity books games you know chemistry labs i bought an incredible set 
from Lego once a couple of years ago just with female astronauts in and even though I'm an older girl I still found it so fascinating to consider the history that these women represented in NASA first woman going to space and just so many ways that women have broken barriers and so let us inspire that kind of learning those kind of games with our families with our children you know get getting them those kind of educational tools so that they can learn and discover what they are passionate about and sometimes they might learn and discover actually I'm very very passionate about mechanics or engineering you know it's important as well that we encourage that in our girls that we say you know come on I'm going to teach you how to change a tire for example and you might find that your daughter loves actually changing tires and loves working on cars who knows sky is the limit we can do all of these things and paint these beautiful role models for our daughters and also encourage them to explore their unique identity in God. And I think that is the most important thing that we realize today. Each of us have a unique identity. We need to explore that and we need to honor that and we need to celebrate that. And sometimes, you know, that identity is going to be hey, my daughter is going to become an engineer or going to become a scientist or is going to become a scientist in the medical field. Whatever God has positioned her for, you know, pray her into that area and expose her to the things that inspire that passion in her heart. Maybe take her down to the Science Center so she can check it out and see what she's interested in. It's been so good to be with you here today on Voice of Change. I'm inspired. I hope you are too. Have an inspirational week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.